Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Brew was really not having it. She was like, this is not funny. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week it is a pleasure to have Jackie Cox from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12. She is not only a gorgeous, hilarious queen, but also out of drag, really fucking hot. If you haven't looked at the Instagram recently, gosh darn. She's hot. Uh, Jackie Cox is the Persian princess of season 12 of Drag Race. And yes, of course, we get into the drag of it all. But first, can we have a quick moment of reflection about how next week is Thanksgiving? I don't think that's right. But the calendar disagrees. If you don't know, this podcast always takes a hiatus between seasons at the end of the year. So there's only a few weeks left for this season three of That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. I know, I know, but don't worry. The Patreon will still be Patreoning and new episodes will be back before you homo it. We're going to get into this episode with Jackie Cox, who not only gives us Drag Race BTS, but also an inside look into her upcoming show with Jan called Jackie and Jan's Jingle Jam. And Janet, you're going to love it. Uh, We also get into the time that Jackie dressed up as Lauren Boebert, getting finger blasted at Beetlejuice for Halloween. And of course, in light of the holiday season, I must give a rant about the Catholic Mass I once went to. And finally, we talk about Whoopi Goldberg being a guest judge on Drag Race, and Jackie teaches me something I never fucking knew about Whoopi Goldberg. If you knew this fact your whole life, and I'm just now finding out about it, you don't have to let me know. (laughs) If you're not subscribed to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, honey, you better wake up and pay attention. Jackie Cox is on That's a Gay-Ass Podcast to, yes, discuss Jackie and Jan's Jingle Jam, but also to have this Jew ask J-Jazz Jodcast questions. Yeah, very, very uh, jalliterate of you. We're, we're trying to oh. we're trying to really uh, embrace the J's. And the J's are doing their Jing thing. We'll work on it. Um, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on this Gay-Ass Podcast. I said to you before we press record... I watched your season of Drag Race, and ever since, I've been a fan of yours in drag, out of drag, and you can 
have a protein shake in hand and i will obsess over that even you are a queen <laughs> and thank you for doing this podcast thank you yeah you're catching me literally right after my workout because i'm dumb and i scheduled a 1 p.m class before a 2 p.m workout so everyone can know i am running late to this here podcast <laughs> and that's why i'm drinking a protein shake during it well tell the dolls do you care to name drop the the gym are you are in equinox girly are you going to what is david barton gym still existing what's the what's the gay gym look there well i'm in new york i think every gym is a gay gym i belong to three gyms <laughs> because i'm that girl um mark fisher fitness which is like the really fun sparkly group fitness gym that i love yes. so much um, and then I do have a trainer at this little training gym called Buff Fitness that I love. And then on Sundays when all of those are closed, I do pop into Equinox. But people are like, "Why do? You, how do you pay for three gym memberships? And um, I may have special side deals, you know, with these, <gasps> with these gyms to, to heavily discount my attendance. Do side deals involve anything with your body being used in payment? maybe on instagram but that's it just just an instagram post here or there oh sweetie the perks of being famous the perks of being famous <laughs> the perks of being a famous wallflower well speaking of being famous i hate to ask a gay ass celeb like yours such a political question to start this podcast interview oh boy. but i did notice that you performed at jonathan bennett and his gorgeous husband james vaughn's wedding and obviously sure jonathan, did. jonathan bennett being aaron samuels in the mean girls original movie what is your political take on the mean girls movie musical having a trailer with nary a single song from said musical i'm upset because right now it just looks like a remake of the movie which it is not. It is a musicale. It was actually the last musical I saw before the Broadway shutdown. I saw Renee Rapp as Regina George literally uh, October, not October, was it February, March? What month was it? March 5th, I think I saw it, like like right before the shutdown. I could look at my playbill somewhere. But I saw Renee Rapp in, as Regina on Broadway, and she was amazing. Um, and I really want everyone to see her do it. Oh my god, she's incredible. I am like turning into the 17-year-old girl who will listen to her album on repeat as if I am also a 17-year-old girl. Do do you think in 20 years Renee Rapp people are going to say, "Oh my god, Jackie, you saw Renee Rapp do Mean Girls on Broadway before she hit it." She's the blank of our time. She's the I'm not going to say Barbara, but I am going to say she's the It's interesting cuz I can't, I don't know if there's ever been in recent memory, an actress who's gone from Broadway musical to pop star to actress that quickly. Like, I guess the closest you right. would maybe think of is Barbara Streisand. Like, if you can think of anyone right. who jumped from Broadway to being a huge recording artist and an actress, it's probably Barbara. Well, she's also on top of mind right now, Barbara, because the book, right. like, My Husband, it's all he will listen to around the house, which, of course, I love to hear as well. But I just looked up, Renee oh, yeah. Rapp is 23 years old. She was born in the year of our Lord, 2000. Yes. Mm -hmm. And has become, I mean, from a Jimmy Award winner to, I don't know, when's the Oscar? Well, we I don't I, I don't I I am very excited for Mean Girls the musical movie, but I don't know if that's her Oscar winning performance. But she has m much time, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be the post Mean Girls movie is the Oscar, but right. at least a Golden Globe performance. That's what maybe maybe Tina Fey can can pull that out. I mean, 
Yeah, it's the one wild thing about the trailer is Tina Fey looks exactly the same as if 20 years have not passed. It's incredible. Not to like, what's it called when you look a prized horse in the mouth? Not to look a gift horse in the mouth. Thank you. Not to look a gift horse in the mouth, but do you think Tina Fey is in is what deal did she make with the devil to look that good? Do you think she's a good person with good skincare or she ate a virgin? I think she's a good person with good access to Jane Krakowski's doctor. <laughs> and who, who among us does not want Jane Krakowski's doctor? God, that's a good that's a good answer. Well, listen, there's so much for us to discuss because I cannot wait to hear about the show with Jan and talk about the holy days, but I also want to talk about a couple of memories from Drag Race. But first, I want to congratulate you on dressing up as Lauren Boebert, getting fingered at Beetlejuice in Colorado. Jackie. <laughs> oh, boy. How does it feel? You know, I was I was reunited with my good drag sister, Paige Turner, who I kind of started when I started doing drag. You know, she was there the day Jackie was born. Uh, uh, and, you know, has been my drag sister ever since. And she asked me to come do a Halloween show at her musical Mondays show. And I was like, okay, what is more scary and musical than Lauren Boebert at the musical Beetlejuice? And then I ended up lip syncing to the amazing Skivvies recording, which shout out to the Skivvies, amazing. They have amazing albums, but their Rocky Horror um, album version of Touch a Touch Me, which is so good. Um, you're a theater, you're a theater faggot through and through. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. We just talked about Renee Rapp on Broadway. <laughs> I know. That's how inside I am. I'm like, yeah, but Renee Rapp, she's... <laughs> On a HBO show, I don't know, but she, no, there's a lot. There's a lot that lately on this podcast, and I want to address to the listeners that I understand there's been a lot of Broadway talk, and I don't know if it's just like, are you apologizing for year. it? I'm not apologizing. I'm recognizing that there's been like a a, a run of what musical did you do? What musical did you do? Musical, and the thing is, nary an apology to be found, but an acknowledgement. It is a gay-ass podcast, and (laughs) musical theater is a gay-ass art form. Or, and sports. And sport. Yeah. So then, since you're giving me the green light, which I really appreciate, sometimes I I need this door opening by a Judy like you, can I ask you your entree to musical theater? Is it um, a high school? I just want to know, like, who did you play in Oliver? Um, I did not, I never did the musical Oliver, but when I was 11, my voice hadn't changed yet. And I won like first place in Wisconsin where I was living for their state, whatever singing competition for singing Where is Love. Um, Where is Love? I know. God, it's a good one. What about? I was in, I don't know if it was a state, it was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So I don't know where, what. I must have been 11. Everything was 11. Yeah. And we're going to say it was the best child singer in the state of Wisconsin. I I I thought I was. That's for sure. Um I had the, this really pretty soprano-y little voice when I was little. Um then it changed. Here I am. And then you ended up playing um yeah, Javert. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish. Javert. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to be the gayest Javert there ever was. Oh wait, that's a great let's let's manifest. If a if a Broadway producer came to you and said Jackie Cox, they want to put you on Broadway, do you have a show? Yeah, I should be Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. Whenever they bring that back, Which, it should be me. It by should the be way, me. 
Where is that? Where is that revival? It's okay, coming. so you're Lumiere, absolutely. Uh, um, I have this concept, and I'm putting it out in the, in the universe. Someone needs to cast me as Lumiere and Ginger Minge as Cogsworth, and we would be the most <laughs> hilarious duo you have ever seen on Broadway. I'm just saying. But no, yeah, and then Ginger Minge is doing Cogsworth, but Cogsworth is like super faggy femme. Oh yeah, like be to the gods, of course, for sure. And because Cogsworth doesn't have a, and then I'd, I'd want like a male Babette, but it's okay. Maybe I could be straight, but I would want a male Babette, like a really hot, hunky, like feather duster. Nick Adams plays Babette, and then work. Um, I think Nick Adams would Bell. be. I think Nick Adams would be an amazing beast. He would. Because like, wait, so now, yeah, we're, now we're just going to cast every gay person that we know. <laughs> at, that we know. Um, okay, so Nick Adams is Beast. Then yeah. who are we getting? Are we getting Lesbi Bell? Lesbell? Lesbellian? Les? Lesbellian? Yeah, we could. I mean, well, you you know, famously, uh, Susan Egan reprised the role thirty years later in Thousand Oaks. So she Les? No, but just the fact that she's Susan Egan and she's you know, let's do it. Let's... in her. I'm going to say forties. And still You're playing so Belle. <laughs> you know, let's do it. Let's do it. I might, I might have to make that a video clip so people can see the face. Um, <laughs> Susan Egan, age 53. 53 years old. Would love... I mean, come on. Aged Belle? Aged Belle would be... I mean, I feel like age is queer. No, you have to... But there's clips of her doing it in Thousand Oaks. Like, I think it was just like two years ago. It was amazing. Good for her. 51-year-old Belle. Um, okay, so Susan Egan or raven Simone. Ooh, Raven Simone, yay. That would be fun. Um, wow, there's a lot. God. Oh, oh wait. Oh no. Yeah, there's many options. <sighs> the only other I put I put lesbian Broadway stars and I'm getting Leah Delaria. Can you imagine? Or uh, or, or here, another option, uh, Leah Delaria as Cogsworth. There we go. I, if Ginger is too busy doing yeah, any of her million projects, she's doing Leah things. Delaria would love okay this is this is happening it's all happening i will call up the schuberts the the, the schumachers disney theatrical <laughs> oh sorry you're right god even clocking me on t- name dropping the wrong producer for the show uh jackie we have to get into the famous podcast question okay. which is jackie cox whose fault is it that you're gay who do we blame babe i'm gonna take it back to a little cartoon that i watched when i was a young child called the muppet babies which which for most people who are both older and younger than myself the muppets are famously puppets for me they were cartoon characters because that's how my first Mm. met them and then afterwards, I like watched the Muppet Show and other things, and of course, I love them as puppets as well. But I first was introduced to the Muppet Babies cartoon show, and I I was Miss Piggy. I would walk around saying uh, "Who moi?" like a little uh, gay child, and then you know I grew up to be a version of her. Right? I think all drag queens are a version of Miss Piggy, right? Absolutely. And I'm looking at this the imagery of Muppet Babies, and she is a fucking baby bitch. Oh you yeah. Can tell she is a princess monster. Princess. Yeah. And when when does it does it say when it aired? Because that would that would kind of clue it you. It does. In. It was released in 1984. Okay. And ran to 1991. Yeah. So I was six in 1991 because I am what? Old. Um, And so it was like on like in my formative, you know, young years. And I was like, that's the girl. That's me. Well, I'm like mere seconds younger than you. And I think that your 
Miss Piggy Baby was my Angelica Pickles from Rugrats. Oh, totally. And both both Cuntosaurus Rexes. Rexes. Yeah, they were not very nice, but <laughs> they knew what they wanted. You know what? I'm going to say that they think... were empowered. Yes, empowered, deliberate, boundaried. And I think, if I may say that, you already come across to me, and you truly do on your social media, as a very kind uh, empathetic person but I feel like to be also a good drag queen you have to have some country to you and you took the country while remained a men- while remaining a mensch and I think that's actually the best balance well and I think both Angelica and Miss Piggy had their moments where they learned their lessons and 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 you know they weren't they weren't true irredeem- irredeemable villains of course we love Miss Piggy she's She's, we love Miss Piggy. You know, she's she's there to, you know, she just wants things her way. And when they don't go her way, she gets mad and eventually she gets over it. <laughs> and I think and I think that she and Angelica might be examples of people who are good people, but sometimes hurt people, hurt mm. people. And Angelica mm. Pickles had two very stressed out parents. Oh, yeah. Angelica parents. And... Angelica's mom was just like horrible. Right. She just was like always on her phone Pretty the bad. whole time. Right. But of course, had a snatched pony that I always kind of was jealous of. Mm. Did you, you you were you were popping off as Miss Baby Piggy in Oshkosh, Wisconsin? Is this where, no, where this I moved was? around all over when I was a kid. So I was born in Canada um, and I moved to the States in my youth. At the age of three, I lived in San Francisco. So I was in San Francisco at this time. But I would also bounce back and forth between my mom, who's in San Francisco, and my dad, who was in Orange County, California, where he moved when I was three. And so he lives there my whole childhood. So I'd always go. He had Disney Channel. So that's where I'd watch a lot of those TV shows because I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of TV with my mom. Um, and then I moved around a lot. And then we moved uh, to upstate New York when I was like 10 and then moved to Oshkosh, what? Wisconsin after that. And then I was like, then I lived outside Milwaukee and then I was done, done with all that. So I moved to Orange County, back to Orange County when I was a teenager. And that's where I finished Holy high school. Shit in the OC. That's an emotional journey. So then yeah. it must have affected you kind of to go from place to place in terms of like yeah, friendships. I was always and... the new kid. Yeah. That's hard. But did, did, it, did any part of that impact your coming out? Because in my mind, it would go one of two ways. One way is that you could not worry about preconceived notions of you. The mm. other side of me would say that, oh, you don't want to uh, commit to going through such a vulnerable thing because you know you might have to move again. How did it how did it affect you? I mean, basically I waited till I left living with my mom to go yeah. uh, so I, when I moved in with my dad at 16 is when I 15 is when I moved in with him in Orange County and that was like even though it's Orange County which is not like an especially liberal place, it was still more liberal than um Wisconsin. So I was I came out of the closet at that point in time shortly after moving to Orange County, California, and I was wow. very gay in high school. What this is? This is I, I. I always commend and am impressed by people who can do that because I am also a person who grew up not in Wisconsin but just south in Missouri, so the Midwestern mm-hmm. vibe. And it did not feel at the time possible for me to come out in high school. But did were the Orange County girlies okay to you? Yeah, well, it it happened because I had this like crush on this like goth boy who was out, and I was like, Ooh. "Well, if he can do it, 
you know, and goth is such like an armor when you're in high school. And like, I think I tried wearing like black for like a day. <laughs> it wasn't for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, it didn't work. Um, but then I kind of like came out because I wanted to like, you know, maybe be friends or more than friends with him. And, uh, you know, he was like a dancer and I was in theater. So it was kind of like this thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess I yeah, horrible. I did it for a man. But really for me, for me to be myself. Listen, whatever it takes, I think, is yeah. is okay. Especially, like, you saying, I can talk about musical theater as much as I want. You can come out for a man and yourself. And that is just one beautiful part of your journey. But I think the epilogue we need to know, did goth boy give you K, give you kiss? Yeah. Like, we never had that, like, heartstopper romance that I would have liked. But... We had like our own thing for like a moment, but like she wasn't the one and that's okay. No, she wasn't. <laughs> and that is okay. Was she the first boy you kissed? No. The first boy I kissed was back when I was in the closet. Yeah. At Disneyland. <gasps> I know. Disneyland closet kiss. Oh, Walt is rolling. Yeah. Because when I, before I moved to Orange County, whenever I visit my dad, he didn't know what to do with me. So he would just like. <laughs> dump me at disneyland like for like days like kind of i mean you just like like i'll pick you up and be at the be at the little turnaround where i'll pick you up at this because we didn't have cell phones right so i was like i was 15 and yeah i met this boy there and i kissed him on pirates of the caribbean or he kissed me rather is that romantic that's actually uh, it's it's a mix between romantic and oddly hot i don't know if it's i'm thinking about the water spray of a Disney well first ride. we went on Matterhorn together, which the old Matterhorn at Disneyland used to like spoon each other. You don't do that anymore. Like they changed it so everyone has their own seat, but it used to be like a big seat that like the bigger person would sit behind the smaller person and the smaller person is like <laughs> in their lap, you know. And I'm not a very large person now, but at 15 I was little baby. Little tiny thing. And the rest is her story. Yeah. We're going, we're going really deep into the gayness here. I, this really is a gay podcast. <laughs> it really is, and and I and I thank you for being willing to, because I don't ask everyone such invasive questions, but I I do I do have a few more. And one of my next invasive questions is: When you did RuPaul's Drag Race, you were gifted the opportunity to be on a season with Amazing Queens, but you were also gifted the opportunity of being judged by a person that I've asked almost every single guest of these 125 episodes, and that is one Whoopi Goldberg. <gasps> Whoopi Goldberg is the person who made me gay mm. and my number one. Now, do you have anything to report from being in the same room as Whoopi Goldberg? And let, let it be known, this episode you were doing like one person shows mm -hmm. and she not only watched your process but then watch you talk about your youth and like i need to know any morsel of what that was like yeah whoopi is amazing i don't think i can say enough amazing things about that day in the sense that i was so they didn't show this on the episode but i went in for that first rehearsal with whoopi with my whole pitch of doing like a stand-up act about the history of drag race. And they were, Rue was really not having it. She was like, this is not funny. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and Whoopi was like, huh? Uh, like Whoopi just was like kind of confused and like not sure what she was watching. 
so then I, I went back into the workroom. So that was it. That was kind of like how we left it. Rue was like, better get to work. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Right. So we, and then I left the, back to go back to the workroom. And then every other queen went into theirs. And then Jada came back after hers. She was the last one to go. And she said, hey, Whoopi wants to see you again. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, Whoopi wants to see you again. I was like, really? She's like, yeah. So then that's when most of what you saw is actually the second time I went in. And yeah. Whoopi was like, okay, talk to me about who you are. Like, I, I want to know more about you. And that's, and then she said something that I will always remember. And it's like the best advice I give to anyone who's, who's working on either writing or any kind of like one person, even not, well, even not a one person thing, which is she said, she said, I, I, you're already a funny person. She said this to me, you're like, you're kind of funny. Like the, the way you talk is enter- entertaining. She's like, so don't try to be funny. Just tell me something true. And you'll find a way to make it funny. Like, but just tell me the truth. And then you'll find something in there that you can make entertaining and funny. So that's like the best advice I think I've ever gotten in terms of like how to work on really anything. But like if you, you know, people, people always say, write what you know, which is like, it's kind of a version of that. But it's kind of like, it is, it's not just write what you know. It's tell me the truth. And then don't worry about the entertaining part. Like, because you know like i've already made it this far i'm already like on rupaul's drag race towards the end of the season like i'm already i guess funny enough like you know i don't have to put a hat on a hat you know it's like i can just tell the truth and find ways in there to make it funny um so that was some of the best advice she gave me and then the saddest part the saddest part of that is she said in untucked she was like i'm gonna have all of you on the view when this episode airs and of course when the episode aired we were deep in the pandemic. Oh, so none of us were on the view. The timing of that. I mean, your that season was, I feel like, had a, a few knocks that were that. I think it almost is a testament to the strength of the cast of that season that it's still such an iconic group of people, despite like the sherry whatever of it all, the the pandemic of it all, the like, yeah. It re it really but I, and I want to thank you for giving that Whoopi story because while of course it sounds funny when I say like Whoopi is what made me gay and I, I but Whoopi really is the person who her energy when I watched Sister Act growing up made me think that one day it was gonna be okay to be myself yeah. even though I knew it wasn't right then and you saying that her advice was to not worry about adding on the bells and whistles, but just to tell the truth and be yourself. That's just another confirmation of her putting the energy out into the world of being your authentic self. And she is, God, she's such a fucking queen. Yeah. And thank you for telling me that. God, yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Definitely my favorite. When people ask, like, who is your favorite guest judge? I'm like, it was Whoopi, hands down. Well, I, re- I remember watching that live and seeing that she was the judge and just like, and and, and it, you, I feel like with a people like that, you put on a lot of hopes of like, well, I've loved them forever and I hope that they deliver. And of course they're going to, because Whoopi takes her own advice. She's just herself. She's telling the truth and she's just magical. And she spent two days with us. Like most, most of, not most, but a, a good number of the judges only just come in for the the day the runway day but yeah. she she was there for for two days you know with us so that's pretty cool that she took like two days out of her you know crazy whoopi goldberg schedule took her bus to california right because she lives in new york and she does not fly wait she doesn't fly wait you don't know this about whoopi goldberg no whoopi goldberg does not fly on airplanes if she can avoid it, she has her um, beautiful bus take her everywhere she goes. She drove cross country. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Holy shit. Uh, for a moment, I was like slightly embarrassed to not know that, but I'm actually going to fully lean in and say how amazing to find out something new about someone you've been in a relationship with for 25 years. <laughs> wow yeah she can avoid it she she has like a bus and then like she she says she's like yeah i i get in the bus i go to sleep when i wake up i'm somewhere new whatever benzos she's on i love that for her um god that is so so amazing do you do you final uh drag question from that season is there who, who do you keep in touch with the most uh from i know i know that you're friends with jada crystal Gigi, heidi but is there one that you're like the closest with jan duh well, that's a great question for me to get us into. Jackie and Jan's Jingle Jam. Okay, so you and Jan have been musical theater sisters, obviously. I mean, she you're both theater facts through and through. Oh, sure. But let it be known, this show, I know that the the, con- the conceit of the show is that you're throwing a holiday party in a mm-hmm. New York City apartment and no one shows up. No one shows up. Tell me, what is, is this the first time you're doing this show? Yeah. It's a brand new show. It's um, uh, a lot of new s- music that neither of us have ever performed before. Some things that we've done in the past in various ways, but with new twists. But it's mostly, yeah, it's 11 songs. Uh, most of it's singing. You know, you're going to hear me and Jan doing some new stuff. And and we're just so excited. It's going to be so fun. That is epic. I have to say that this movement of drag queens who are f- leaning into so many parts of their musical magic, the fact that Ginger Minj can sing live and absolutely kill the fact that I- I've watched so many, like I watched you sing For Good with Paige Turner recently. Oh, and yeah. Just like, like, the, like the fact that we can again honor our theater roots and then have these queens of course lip sync the house down of course turn a gorgeous look of yeah. course do the choreo but then to actually give us a live vocal and for you and jan does any part of you approach the show differently than you would a lip syncing moment knowing that you're going to be singing so much um certainly like i i think about like my physical health the most so i have a voice that's very sensitive to like dryness and alcohol so like i probably will be you know humidifying and avoiding any booze while we're on tour because we're doing like 16 cities in very short amount of time um yeah and that's kind of the physical part is what i think about the most when it comes to the singing just because i have a really sensitive voice um what the nice thing for me is that uh because I'm with Jan, who has such an amazing register and can really sing these like amazing, powerful high notes, that does take a little bit of the pressure off. And then I, I was like, and you take the high note, girl. Um <laughs> and the other thing that's nice for me is on Drag Race, you saw me really struggling in the Madonna Rusical because I was trying to sing like in a very high key and trying to sound like Madonna, which is not where my voice naturally is whatsoever. And of course, in the rehearsal, like you just the only rehearsal you have is the one that's on camera. So I'm like, "Ah, I'm a boy toy. Like, where am I? Like, where in my voice can I actually make these sounds? And if you listen to the actual recording that made the cut, I was like, oh, I sound good because they chose the parts of my voice and the takes that made sense. But of course, what they show on television is like me, like finding the note and everyone's like, what's going to happen? Right. It's all the the drama. But because that's like the moment of me first singing on Drag Race, it, it most people walk into a show where I sing being like, I had no idea you sang. I had no idea this is what you do. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
again, I, I don't have that kind of like amazing pop tenor sound that Jan does. But when the two of us come together, you get to hear some like cool stuff, which is going to be really exciting. And by the way, let's validate for a second that not everybody was born with the voice to do Book of Mormon and Newsies. No. I like, isn't that the most triggering question? Oh, so what voice part are you? And of course, when I was growing up and I was doing a lot of musical theater and even into my early 20s. Baritoner? Hey, just devastating. I'm a baritoner. Like, just say what it is. Yeah, baritone. The, the, the Lord giveth and taketh away and did not give me anything higher than Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast, which Honey, is already... What a great baritone part. What a great baritone part, which, again, we're manifesting for... Who are the producers? The Schumacher? Sh- Schumacher, Disney Theatrical. You know, we, we'll, we can make anything happen. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com cannot wait for this this jingle jam oh it's gonna be really fun it's it's we're having new new outfits made we're having like choreo we're like we're in like i'm literally leaving this podcast to go record mine and jan's our own voices for our backing vocals for ourselves because we're those divas yeah you are so you know it's like what why why, why would we have anyone else singing these backing vocals we'll be singing our own um yeah you will yeah you will we're gonna go do that literally today it's all happening, it's all happening. Jackie. But I, I, it, the the fact that this is also a holiday show, and it's I cannot fucking believe that we're already into November and it's the oh, holidays. Yeah. What? So I just saw a play last night that I need to give a, a public shout out, which is Alex Edelman's play "Just for Us." It's um, a play about 
he actually started first doing it in LA and then he took it to New York and then did London, then went to Broadway and now it's touring. But long story short, he is a Jewish guy who basically went to a white supremacist meeting Holy to kind of see what it was like. Hell. And it's his experience that is told in the most hilarious, funny, meaningful way. And I bring this up because he talked about growing up very, very religiously Jewish, but mm-hmm. at one point he celebrated Christmas um, mm. and it was him seeing Christmas through new eyes at an age where he should have known that it existed, but he had no idea who Santa Claus was. He had no idea what the traditions were. All this to ask you, Jackie Cox, is there, because I'm also a Jewish person who doesn't know a ton about Christmas, is there any Persian Christmas traditions that that is different from what most people would know from the kind of commercialized Christmas that we see on television? Yeah, I mean, I didn't grow up Christian with my mom. I mean, my dad's family is Christian, but my mom is not. Um, but she loved the pageantry of Christmas. So, like, she we'd put up a yeah. Christmas tree um, for fun. There is a Persian tradition called Shabi Yalda on the... Um, solstice um so the 21st of december which is where christmas mm-hmm. is from as well it's just a solstice pagan celebration um whoops oops, oops. girl Oop. but yeah i mean the christmas trees all that stuff they're all those are all old pagan traditions so um so that that she just loved she also you know she was a single mom you know i was like she was like the especially in places like wisconsin she was like the one you know persian lady picking me up from school so she didn't want me to feel like left out so we did like christmas mm. but like yeah it was very just like the tree and the stockings and santa i guess no, no jesus um which jan and i talk a little bit about jan of course i don't know about of course but she's an italian catholic or grew up that way yeah um you know so we, we talk a little bit about that in the show and i'm like yeah christmas santa snow she's like what about jesus you know I don't, i'm like i don't know <laughs> Yeah, uh you tell me girl yeah you tell me so so uh it's a uh, very much a secular christmas celebration we'll be having <laughs> which listen is my favorite it's my favorite type as a as a jew who is married into a catholic family i love the pageantry as well but the moment they bring up mass my butthole clenches up the first fucking time that and by the way my in-laws are genuinely the sweetest most welcoming kind people i blame my husband for taking me to the my first christmas mass they have a stand up to go walk up to the priest oh right the communion eat jesus or whatever the yeah yeah, yeah. and then i don't I didn't about either, realize yeah we're just kind of the blind leading the blind here but i I kind of like i didn't know what to do so i i say to matt as we're walking up to the priest i was like what am i doing and he just looks at me puts his arms across his chest and i'm like pardon apparently i was supposed to put my arms across my chest to say that i wasn't catholic and then he so i was like so wait i'm walking in line to be excluded it just felt like and then after the fact i was like i don't like what just happened and i also don't know why i was a part of it so now every time i go i now like let them do their thing and i kind of step to the side let them have their line leader to jesus moment and then i can and then i just enjoy the harmony of the choir which is usually pretty good so if you give me a a choral satb i'm sound as a pound if you make me lock eyes with a priest holding a cracker I've got problems. Yeah, I, I, I never been to Christmas mass, but um, speaking of Disneyland, so I ended up working there after, after kissing there, 
Um, I worked there in, in college when I was 19 and they do like a big thing called the candlelight processional there every Christmas. It's like a tradition going back to the fifties where like they get a big celebrity person to come in and they have the, this a whole choir of employees singing like, you know, traditional Christmas songs. And then the celebrity person like gets up there and like reads the book, the story of Christmas from the Bible. And I was like, I don't think I'd ever heard this story like full out, like, you know, and then unto Mary, I don't know how it goes, but you know, the manger, (laughs) I I was like, oh, we're just, we're, I guess this is Christmas because the rest of the park is so like Santa and snowflakes and Rudolph and Mickey and Minnie and like, and then I was like, oh, there's a, you know, someone reading the crucifixion. Well, that's, that's Easter, but (laughs) see girl, I... (laughs) Could I think not tell you. Yeah, I guess the Easter is not the crucifixion, but it's what happened after. What happened after Dorothy? What's the wicked phrase? It's what happened after Dorothy dropped in. This is turning um, into an episode of you know that like drunk history where it's like, but it's like you're gay right. History. Oh my god, a it's Jew, like... a Jew and a Persian explain Christmas. This yeah. is right. <laughs> this is actually this might have legs. Um, do do so? Does, does Disneyland still do this reading of oh, the yeah. New Testament? Every every what? year, every at Disney World too. Uh, it's they do it every year. They get a big celebrity to come in. It's like they had, I think they had Viola Davis they had. They've had like a bunch of people. Oh, okay. Well, Viola can read whatever the fuck she wants. I, I, if They've had Neil Patrick Harris. They've had like a, a variety. Okay, we love that. Well, do Speaking you- of our non-Christians celebrating Christmas, how many amazing Christmas albums are there by non-Christians? I was thinking, when you asked earlier, like, who, who is the modern Renee rap? Or who is the who would Renee rap be the modern version of? I was kind of thinking the closest person who's like more recent would be like Adina Menzel, who does have quite a recording career including like multiple christmas albums and she is famously oh. jewish <laughs> famously because her birth name was like mental um adina menzel christmas albums this is see and uh, by the way i also do have a bit of a seesaw when it comes to my relationship to christmas because i grew up a bit resentful of the people at the grocery store who would just say merry christmas and then i'd be like i don't get to do that like i I feel a bit excluded to now having my in-laws who love Christmas and it really is like full of amazing music and Matt will play I mean Kelly Clarkson's album God is it good like I do love a good Christmas bop but you're right Adina Menzel Christmas a season of love holiday wishes yes just two christmas albums two full albums of christmas wow adding to my my list add please add list please add well, then, since there's been a lot of important topics discussed thus far, I need to ask you the next famous podcast question. Jackie Cox, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. <laughs> Who would you save? Hmm, this is a tough one. There are so many amazing character actresses that I love so much. Am I allowed to say Meryl Streep? Absolutely, Jackie. You are not only allowed, you are encouraged, and you are lauded. I think she's just, she can just do, she can do so many things. I love that you said Meryl because I'm already envisioning a montage of Jackie Cox doing Meryl roles in drag, and I feel like there would be a Rolodex. Why isn't anyone ready? If you could only perform one musical version of one of Meryl Streep's movies, what movie would you make into the musical that you perform in? That I have to like continuously do? 
No, it could be a it could be a one night. It could be one night. If it's a one night, it's into the woods because I think that's a an amazing role, but it would be very emotionally taxing, like to do forever. Yeah. If I'm just yeah. if, if they're like you, you know, it's like Celine Dion having to pay off Renee's gambling debts in Vegas. You have to perform for years doing this one musical with the gun to my head. It would be Mamma Mia because it'd be so much fun. Wait, I'm I'm distracted by the Renee gambling debt. Did I? Is this something else that I, is that why Celine has to work? We work to the bone. I mean, I think he's dead now. But yeah, I think well, that's that was the rumor. Is like she had to. They she was like trapped in Vegas for years because she had to pay God, off his gambling debt. Poor female vocalists. And yes, I'm calling Britney Spears a vocalist. These conservatorships of father and daddy. Her Renee being. Daddy yeah. husband. Wow. Well, by the way, I do also want to commend Mamma Mia as your choice too, because you in drag. It's so it is so much Meryl fun Street. to do that. That'd be so much fun to do. That would but be... I feel like an act two, you've you gotta go into boy drag and then show us the hot boy that you are. I feel like you're <laughs> one of those people that needs it. Like I need to say on a recording. Oh, that's you very sweet one of you. those you're one of those people who is such a gorgeous drag queen. And then out of drag, no one's hotter. That's very kind. Um, I uh, yeah. Well, it, maybe there'll be a musical written that kind of takes advantage of that. There, there is a concept that's in the works. I have a couple friends in the BMI music theater workshop, um, and they're literally working on a musical with this in mind. Uh, so hopefully, I, I don't think that's all I can say. I don't think I can say anything else because I don't think it's anything yet. But it's something they were well, like, listen. Hey, would you want to do something like this? I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell fucking. Well, then let's just continue to manifest the Jackie Cox songs. Yeah. All, all, all I can. Well, actually, I don't want to say anything. I was going to say all I yeah, can. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. It's all. I'll say this, which is very much a tease. Uh, it's based on a famous opera. Oh. And it's what? not La Boheme. What a... <laughs> rent the sequel. Yeah, um, rent the sequel. <laughs> and you play Angel as a ghost. <laughs> no but i did just see my friend olivia lux as angel at paper mill and she was just stunning i saw that you were there and you you went with jan right was it you jan and oh olivia? yeah Ugh. we had to go we had to go support our girl and just like Whoopi, you took the bus we we sure did <laughs> i'm not yeah, i'm never gonna stop did. i'm never gonna stop saying that i know that fact about Whoopi goldberg and pretend i've known it my entire life <laughs> you do know that Whoopi doesn't fly and then of course she doesn't fly Everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I just learned it at the ripe old age of 87. Well, listen, we have touched on so many gorgeous topics, but we have not touched on your gorgeous, gorgeous makeup artist boyfriend. Oh, Casey. Yeah, Casey's amazing. Whenever I uh, talk to Judy's on the podcast or in a gorgeous relationship, can you tell me if there's any single gals listening... What's the advice for how you met Casey and what energy you put out into the universe to attract someone such as Casey? Casey and I met over 12 years ago at a bar in San Francisco. Um, Grindr existed, but that's not how we met. Um, We met at a bar and we just, he's so funny. And that's, I guess the secret is like someone who can make you laugh. And I never forget, like even from that very first time I met him, he's so funny and charming. And we've, we were both dating other people at the time. Drama. Raw drama. Um, but we realized we worked across the street from each other 
back because we had corporate jobs back in the day. And uh, yeah, we we decided to get like lunch and stuff and hang out. And then, you know, one thing led to another. We both separately broke, broke things off with the other people we were seeing. And then one stormy night, we kind of, we made some magic happen. Yeah, you um, did. And, and I think the secret is someone who makes you laugh is the most important thing. And then the second secret for the longevity part is just like forgiveness mm. because you're going to do things that really upset each other from time to time. And Thank you have you to learn to like that. you, if you hold like grudges and darkness, it, 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 it can't last. Well, and I think also it's a great reminder that the darkness is inevitable in any relationship. And the only way to move past it is to yes, have forgiveness and to actually address and work through it. I think there's like, mm-hmm the myth that if you're having problems the relationship is a problem it's like unfortunately girly the problems are going to come regardless it's just a different yeah, flavor no depending on who you're with um but 12 years is incredible just because i want to peek behind the the curtain what was your corporate job when you when you when you zoom out oh yeah i was i had a whole corporate retail career i was uh, i worked for the gap corporation for mm. 15 years i literally got a job my first job out of high school, I worked at the Gap at, at age eighteen, and I never stopped working there. I literally um, worked my way up to being a manager, and then I got recruited to do their like corporate training program in San Francisco, um, and I became a buyer for them. I keep. I just had this idea actually this morning because my good sis Heidi in Closet put out amazing T-shirts that have her like Gap tooth yeah, yeah, yeah. mouth on them, and I was like, oh, I want one of those. And someone commented, "You should do a collab with the Gap," and I was like. Wouldn't that be fun if like they brought me back? Because I used to be a buyer for them to be like, let's work on a new line inspired by some of your favorite drag queens. And it's like, because they could they could dig up like old photos of me like working there, oh like my God. working like with the designers in New York and like, like, wouldn't that be a fun pride collection? It would be, I was just going to say it's perfect timing for pride too, because, you know, spring, summer, they're getting, it's, it's coming, it's, it's coming. coming and the gap, it's the Jackie, it's you no, know, I would buy and Use my code GAYAS20, everyone, for when this comes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll, they'll, they'll let ASS be in a coupon code, but maybe they'll say GA20. That is a problem. I'm, I'm learning, like, do I rename this podcast? Because we had a lovely shout out. We just did a, the New York Comedy Festival uh, a week or two ago. And in Queerty, they shouted us out. But they had to do an asterisk for the A on ASS, yeah. the gay. So I don't know. Is there going to be a rebranding in our future? Time will tell. Jackie, what uh, gay ass podcast? Oh wait, that you know what that stand G A P. That's Gap. Is this a sign? The Gap. We're just going to call the podcast the Gap. Um, um, there's a well. One of my favorite podcasts is Sexy Unique Podcast, which is Sup. And we love Sup. We love Carrie. We love Laura. Um, yeah. That is no. That is true. Sup. Sexy Unique Podcast. Gap. And then the collab will be threefold. Jackie, Heidi. Gay podcast. And then me. Um, wow. Jackie, you have given us so much gold, so many <laughs> gorgeous nuggets. And unfortunately, we're gonna have to end this stunning gay this sorry, the stunning gap episode. Uh, oh yeah. Right? We're 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 working on we're workshopping. Uh Jackie, before we say goodbye, final question I did not prep you on. Speaking of Whoopi Goldberg, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Sister Act 2. 
And that is the correct answer. And Jackie, merci à toi. Now tell us, girly, <laughs> where can people see Jackie and Jan's Jingle Jam and where can people follow you? Uh, we're uh, in 16 cities starting, I believe, tomorrow as in terms of when this podcast comes out in uh, New York City. Um, and then we're in 16 cities. And the website is so easy. JackieandJan.com. JackieandJan.com. So what's great about that, what's great about that, you think I'm joking, but I'm ready for like this to be, you know, coming up soon, we'll be doing Jackie and Jan's Summer Tan. <gasps> and we use the same podcast URL. Hello. I'm so fucking there. Jackie, always thinking. The wheels are always turning. Um, thank you for coming on. That's a gay-ass podcast. I hope to have our own jingle jam in Jerson 1J. And I thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thank you for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast with me, Eric Williams, and Queen Jackie Cox. If you enjoyed the episode and you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button, hit that follow button, and go to patreon.com slash gayasspodcast for bonus episodes and the entire video from our recent live show in New York City with Bowen Yang, Jessica Vosk, and more. I know this is a tough time of year with the holidays and family shit, so I'm sending you so much love, so much gay-ass comfort, and my DMs are open. I'll see you next week. You're the best. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 